Hello and welcome to the Everything Is Black and White podcast. This is a special episode marking the launch of the Fans Footballer of the Year Award. There are two parts. Firstly, the National Award, in which seven players from across the Premier League have been nominated made up of votes from all our writers from up and down the country. Now, the players nominated are Mo Salah, Kevin De Bruyne, Jordan Henderson, Virgil van Dijk, Jack Grealish, Mark Strashford and Sadio Mane. You'll have the chance to pick your winner from that list, but perhaps more importantly for Newcastle United fans is a chance to crown the Newcastle United Fans Player of the Year for 2020. Our Chief Sports Writer Lee Redder has chosen four players for you to vote from, and in a moment we'll hear his reasons why. But let me give you that important address for you to place your vote. Head over to fansfootballoftheyear.co.uk or keep an eye out on our social media channels, that's Twitter and Facebook, for the links. We'll announce the winner on December the 21st. Now let's hear from Lee Ryder. Lee Ryder here, Chief Sports Writer of the Newcastle Evening Chronicle and introducing our four nominees for Player of the Year 2020 at Newcastle United. Thanks, Lee. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of debate over on social media with this vote. Let's kickstart with your first nomination. Martin Dubravka's the first nomination. Uh, Dubravka was in unbelievable form before he got injured in March, before lockdown at Southampton, when he, he came out worse of a challenge with Danny Ings, I think it was, down at St Mary's. And for him, it was uh, marked as probably the end of his, his campaign. But because lockdown emerged and the players had three months to recover, he, he was able to complete the season, um, only to then get injured in in pre-season of this year but still for me one of the star performers of 2020 Carl Dollar's coming and done a fantastic job and you know you can't take anything away from him but you know without Martin Dubravka I think Newcastle United's place in the Premier League you know could have could have been a bit more under threat um you know in that in that sort of spring sort of period so for me Martin Dubravka Certainly one of the nominees for, for player of the season. Yes, Martin Dubravka is certainly an excellent goalkeeper and it's going to be very interesting to see how Steve Bruce handles his return to full fitness given the brilliant form of Carl Darlow. But what a brilliant dilemma to have. Lee, let's talk about your second nomination. Second nomination, Alan St. Maximan. I think he's brought a, an unbelievable excitement to Newcastle in terms of gets players gets players motivated because you know they can get them on the ball and they can take pressure away get supporters when they were in the stadium of course uh, off, off the seat and just he's just one of those classic sort of wingers where defenders are sort of backpedalling and they don't know what he's going to do next so he's got an assist in him he's got a goal in him and he was really one of the one of the the good signings of, of the Mike Ashley era um, so hasn't performed so well of late after signing a new contract which has been well publicised by people like Alan Shearer or Matthew the Day but for Newcastle he's still the go-to man if they can get him on the ball and get him back into the zone playing well then they're not going to have any problems fighting against their relegation they'll, they'll easily finish well clear of the the bottom five or six teams if, if he's playing well and chips in with a, a quarter of the assists and goals. Yes, Salon Maximin is certainly an exciting player to watch when he's on top form. Lee, I think fans, pundits, journalists, everyone 
can't help but be impressed when you watch Newcastle United and see Alan St. Maximum in full flow. For you, though, what is it about him which gets fans off their seats? Well, it's, it's almost like a bit of a throwback. You don't like comparing players with sort of legendary figures of the past because it just puts up that bit of pressure on them. But it certainly reminds me of, in terms of the excitement levels, not as a one-on-one comparison, you know, going back to St. James Park in the 90s with David Ginola, Tino Sprilla, um, you know, a bit later on than that, Lauren Robert, all those players, when when they got on the ball, people people thought something was going to happen. And okay, it might not lead directly to a goal or even a chance, but it just, just gives the stadium a whole lift um, when those type of players get on the ball. And, and that, that's what he's got. So I just hope that Know, they can get it together behind the scenes and and, and you know get say maximum back to being the the full maximum threat they can um they can get oh 100 and it's funny when you talk to journalists who cover the opposition and you ask them which player you think their side are most fearing which player they're most looking forward to seeing from Newcastle United Alan St Maximum is always a name that crops up first now, he's your second nomination. Let's talk about your third. Miguel Almiron was one of the star men of last season, top scorer in all competitions with eight goals. I think when he came to the club, Newcastle fans wondered what, what they'd got for 21 million. They certainly gave him a great welcome with the, with the banner, if you remember that. But in terms of goals, he didn't really deliver until sort of middle way middle part of last season it was under Steve Bruce that he seemed to to find his find his feet a little bit um, Steve Bruce has said to me a couple of times that Almiron's actually his favourite player at the club which is you know a, a, a great thing for Almiron there was all the the nonsense with, with his agent the other week um, I don't think it's helped him when he's been played defensive midfield that's certainly not his position he's a He's a number 10 or second striker or whatever, any offensive uh, position you want to give him, then, he, you know, it's going to be more effective than playing him as a defensive midfielder. It just doesn't work. Just, just don't do it. So I think Amiron will continue to get goals for Newcastle and assists. And I think, oh, you know, the agent probably needs to take a bit of a reality check in that, Almiron needs to have one or two more solid seasons in the Premier League and prove he can do it at this level over over 30 games in a season um, or over a couple of seasons before he can start talking about some of the clubs that have been banded about. They tried to get him to Italy before he came to Newcastle. That's that's when the deal got sort of... It kind of got shelved for a, for a couple of days and they flew over to Italy to, to speak to... Teams like Napoli, and they're just not going to pay. They're not going to pay over the odds for a player that hasn't proven himself in one of the top leagues. So he's he's got a lot. He's got a lot to improve and a lot to learn. But he's certainly an exciting player, and he's, he's already got the fans on side, and that that's sometimes half the battle. So he's in a he's in a good position. He just needs to get his head down and uh, continue to to perform. I think everyone will agree it was great to see him get that goal against Crystal Palace towards the end of last year. He was always kind of involved in, in movements and, and, you know, passages of play, which maybe led to goals. You know, maybe he wasn't getting the assists or getting the goals himself, but he was always involved 
in the play, but it was important that once he found, you know, that first goal, that he started adding the goals to his game, and he did that, you know, always playing with it with it with a smile. But it was really important that he started getting his name on his hits, getting his name on the score sheet. And to be fair to him, as the season progressed, last season progressed, he did just that. Yeah, I mean that that is ultimately what you're judged on. I, I think you, you know you can when he's been playing defence midfielder. Yeah, he's been. He's been running around a lot and getting blocks in and chasing, you know, the ball and chasing defenders and attackers, and it's just one of them where, you know, there's no, there's no, there's almost no real currency to to playing a defensive midfielder that people are gonna, you know, stand up and take notice to. Whereas when you're in the attacking third, people like flock to assists and goals, and if they, you know, if they've got about. They can finish the season in double figures in terms of goals and, and get six, seven, eight assists. Then you've had a good season. So uh, it used to be a lot more, by the way. The, the front two used to be getting 20, 30 goals each. And, you know, that that was what they were judged on. Um, but, you know, the game has changed a bit in terms of rotation styles of play and more emphasis on defensive systems, which, which bores supporters to tears. So... It's, it, it has changed a bit but for Almiron he needs to um, he just needs to keep that quarter as high as possible because that's, that's what he brings to the team I'd, I'd like personally I'd like to see him have a be given the opportunity to take a couple of free kicks because I think he'd done that over in Atlanta and he had, he's, he's, he's been in and around a couple of free kicks but he's never had a had a chance to to have a crack and I, I certainly think it would it might just catch a few cold because um He's, he's, he's got that in his locker as well he's just got to be allowed to use it given his form towards in the last season obviously the reason why you've you've picked him you know as one of your nominations that's what he's got to build on looking ahead and he's shown he can do it so you know there's a positive there yeah it, you know last season where, where would Newcastle have been without him I think uh, away at Bournemouth you've really seen what, what he can do um, I know it was against a Bournemouth team that got relegated, but you know I think overall that performance summed up exactly what he's got in his locker. Yep, certainly another really exciting player when he is on top form and another player that gets fans off their seats. So from the two kind of maybe the most attacking players aside from Callum Wilson uh, in the Newcastle United side, let's talk about your fourth nomination and a person that many kind of sees the man who pulls the strings. Um, fourth nomination was John Joe Shelby, um, a player that does split opinion. I'm sure there's been many, many debates in in pubs and clubs around Tyneside of, of exactly what Shelby does. He's a, a complex sort of character in terms of you've got to give him the responsibility um, and... Sometimes he can just completely dictate a game, and there's no doubt in some of the his passing ability and crossing ability is, is is second to none. That's why he played for England. That's why Liverpool paid money for him. That's how he ended up at Anfield. But for some reason, consistency seems to have have haunted him, and he'll have like one or two really really good games, and then he just disappears. Uh, come back into the team as captain at Crystal Palace the other night and he did okay uh, for me. I, he didn't do anything spectacular. 
but he did he did okay and that's all role he was given and who knows people in the backroom staff may say that he provided the, the sort of bedrock for, for that victory because he played a part in one of the goals and kept everything tight and organised so there'll be people who are big Shelby fans but certainly I must be partly a fan because I'm, I'm nominating him on this because last season um, he was top scorer in the Premier League for Newcastle and there was a there was a sort of time um, when he was doing really well and then you know he got interrupted with injuries again again going back to that Bournemouth game I know they got relegated and it was 4-1 all that sort of thing but that was another night where you, you saw the the press box at Bournemouth straight up right on top of the, the play and you can see um, every little detail of the game because it's quite a small ground and you really got a, a, an upfront look at what, what Shelby can deliver and that he was sensational that night and if Newcastle could get him doing that every every two or three games then they'll have no problems What is do you think Shelby's main attribute that he brings to the side obviously he's captained Newcastle at times um, uh, he doesn't score too many goals but you know he, st- he knows where the net is what, what do you think his main attribute is and what did he what did he show you last season or um, this year to why he's, he's your one of your picks just that he's He's got, he's got something that you know the rest of the squad haven't got, so he can really unpick a defence um, with a long ball or you know free kick. He's just got something that a lot of he's got a, a, a sort of radar in terms of passing that that most players just haven't got. He's, he's almost like a golfer in terms of the way he you know he picks his passes and things like that. So for him, I think you know it's just about getting that. Whatever Steve Bruce has got to do to, to keep him happy, and they've given him a big contract, by the way, so he should be relatively happy at finishing his career here. Um, it's, I, I, just, I, I personally, you know, if you're pushing me on it, I just think John Joe Shelby wakes up and decides when he's going to play well, when he's in the mood, when he's in the zone, and um, if he's not quite there, then he doesn't play well. That's just, that's simply the way it works with him. So whatever Steve Bruce has got to do to to keep him happy then uh, it's, it's it's something that will benefit Newcastle throughout the season look there's some incredibly um, big uh, and some famous um, Shelby fans because whenever I give him a certain merit mark that's below 7 or 8 uh, my phone gets a few personal text messages uh, from some people who are respecting the game so that that shows you that you know there's, there's people out there who recognise exactly what he does but for me it's what he delivers it's, it's alright having 100% passing accuracy or, or or having 80, 90 touches in a game but if you haven't actually you know won the game or played a part in delivering that result then you know you, you, you might get marked down but again it's only opinion so there we have it John Joe Shelby rounds up the list of the four nominees for the fans player of the year for Newcastle United let's just recap then our Chief Sports Writer Lee Riders picks for the vote. We have Martin Dubravka, Alan Samaxim, Miguel Almiron, and as you just heard there, John Joe Shelby. Lee, thanks for sharing your reasons behind picking those four. Now all we need is you, our listeners, our readers on ChronicleLive.co.uk to pick the winners. And it's very simple. What you have to do is head over to www.fansfootballofthejear.co.uk where you can cast your vote, not just for the Newcastle United Player of the Year, but also the National Award. 
the nominees I mentioned right at the start. You can also find various articles and links on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram across all our social media channels being the live blog as well. And once you vote, please remember to share with your friends and family because we really do want everyone to get involved. I know it's been a really tough year. We haven't seen live football in the stadium for, well, ages, you know, it's been too long and we're, we're really looking forward to getting back inside in Jim's Park. I know you guys will be as much as we all are. Um, but let's end the year with a bit of Christmas joy and you can pick the player who's most inspired you, who's, who's most excited you um, over the last 12 months. We really do appreciate you getting involved and letting us know who is your fans player of the year for Newcastle United. Newcastle United. 